Okay. Yeah. Um, no Tanya splaining on the technology. No, I'll stay the hell out of that. No Tanya splaining. That sounds sensible. Um, right. so, so I think the first thing is we need to explain to our um, audience why we've been away for a whole month. Apparently it's been a well, month. It is crazy. It's a whole month. I think the last time we spoke, I was running around like a chicken with my head chopped off. Hey, is it you know, you should, be kind to, you should be kind to chickens given hypoxic chicken is our producer. That's true. That's true. He would he would never behave in such a disordered way as I was the night before I went to uh, Croatia. I, didn't, I wasn't I disordered. You had a checklist. The checklist involved, involved drones, didn't it? There were drones on your checklist. Actually, that's true. I didn't manage to get the drone and the uh, hand luggage, but I managed to um, – we got there. It was three flights. It was a really long way. We, um, I was so pleased to have the portable espresso machine and milk frother. Um, the kids travelled really well. How did the food um, go on the plane? Oh, so they – I was really pleased. I went um, and filled my bag up with all this extra food because the kids just wouldn't really eat the food on the plane. Like, the plane food was fine. There was nothing wrong with it. But, of course, it didn't look like their usual food, so they turned their noses up at it. So, basically, they just ate, like, you know, biscuits and crackers for 30-something hours till we got there. But um, when we got there, because it was the end of season, it was just beautiful. Really, um, the Adriatic is just so gorgeous, and not many people around. They've all there's no European holidays there. It's you know getting a bit bit chilly. You know, 25 degrees. It's not hot enough for people there. And we just had the beaches mm. to ourselves. Look, it was we were, really, really it, lovely. It looked lovely. There were moments where I had. Um, immense jealousy and then I had to restrain myself and remind myself that I had um been in Vienna and the Gold Coast not that long um before but I really you know I had been hoping that you would have a clothes or food emergency that would require my attendance (laughs) urgently yeah well speaking of um you know there was a small clothes emergency that meant I had to at the last minute go to London for the weekend because uh, one of my gorgeous friends is getting married next weekend, and I'm um, oh, a member of the bridal party. So it's next weekend. Yeah, it's, all, it's come up so fast. So I um, I contacted a couple of my girlfriends in London, and we just had this very impromptu, crazy weekend of um, enjoying the fun of London and going shopping and getting. Um, my outfit sorted. I, I have pictures. I have pictures of a female version of the Hangover. Is that about right? <laughs> Pretty much right. I think you know. It reminds me that the best times are often the least scripted and the least organised. You know, like it's like the whole New Year's Eve thing. Often people say New Year's Eve was a real fizzer because people plan it for ages. It's really expensive. Um, you know, transport home is difficult. And then in the end, sometimes you think, oh, geez, it wasn't really worth all that hoo-ha. What's but this was the exact opposite. It was just like I, I said to my girlfriends, oh, do you want to have lunch in London on Saturday? Just remind me, how far away from London were you? Like what travel was, was in, involved? Yeah, I was in the like a coast, a very small like population, a couple of thousand little town called Tuchepi, um, in Croatia on the Dalmatian coast, which was like a couple of hours from 
Split Airport, which was two and a half hours flight to London Gatwick. <laughs> okay, so so only two and a half hours. Okay, that's yeah, not that bad. That's I fine. mean, like, you know, I'm coming to see you in person, which will yeah. be a bit weird yeah, in two weekends. Really which is an hour and yeah. a half, well, an hour flight, really, Melbourne to Sydney. You go. It was really um, lovely. But the other thing that was really good is I got my routines sorted out. So there were two every day with me and my kids and my family, we got this really cool routine happening, which was the local pastry shop opens at 7 o'clock in the morning. So I'd send my kids out with some cash at like 10 to 7 because it's just a little village. It's really safe. So they would all go and just stare through the window until it opened at 7 and then get a pastry for each person and everybody by then wanted a different thing mine was the apple strudel and um and so I would wake up and I would have an espresso coffee and a pastry before I'd sort of open my eyes in the morning that was pretty special um and uh, how have you readjusted to real life (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) okay Yeah, so that's why it's called a holiday. Yeah. So you've, you know, it's different. It was, it was very much away. It was very lovely. Oh, that's good. Um, and so, what else? So what else? I don't know. And then I came back, and then it's been two weeks. The kids have started school, back at work, uh, wedding next week. I don't know. How about you? Oh, um, good questions. Um, so the past two weeks have been a bit of a blur because we had the Ranscog annual scientific meeting in Melbourne. Um, so I was a bit busy with that. I have, um, helped with a media and social media workshop, which was on the Sunday, and then a simulation unexpected breach delivery workshop on the Monday, and then a talk on simulation on the Tuesday, and and then a fairly full on Wednesday, and then I flew to Sydney on the Thursday evening for a whole lot more simulation last weekend and have worked all this week. So the past two weeks for me have been a bit of a blur, and um, I've had a bit of, I don't know, a whole lot of life stuff thrown in, in amongst that, which is... So it sounds significantly busier and more boring and work-related than your life. I've been, of course, following your tweets, and I think of all of that, the most interesting thing to me was the media workshop you did because this whole concept of this whole journalism concept was so fascinating to me, particularly the concept of protecting your sources like I'm just really fascinated. Like uh, if you're a journalist, we might need to we might need to give some context for this. So um, for those listening, the context is that um, this was part of the Ranscog um, pre-conference workshops for the annual scientific meeting, and it was a media and social media workshop. And so it was run in Melbourne at College House in East Melbourne, and Melissa Davy, who um, currently works for the Guardian Australia, um, uh, and is a um, journalist and has worked mainly in print and also um, I think radio and television and um, came and she was there in the morning as well as myself um, and a gentleman who is a scientist who came from the Australian 
Science Media Centre, which is based in South Australia. Um, And so, Melissa, you know, I think your comment is in response to Melissa saying um, that um, sometimes doctors and scientists are a bit reticent about speaking to journalists, but that um, her comment was, well, in actual fact, she understands the significance of our careers and our professions and has the utmost respect for us and wants to look after us. Is that yes. is that correct? Is that did I sum yeah, that up? Um, yeah, exactly. I thought that was really interesting, and I think most doctors probably have very little understanding about the world of journalism. Um, and I think, um, which is why it's concerning, a lot of newspapers are decreasing their journalist numbers. But you know, a proper journalist will find the story and do it in a way where their sources are actively protected. And they probably understand more in some circumstances what that person is risking by speaking, perhaps than the the source person does. Yeah, I thought, I mean, it was so interesting to listen to Melissa and how much, um, oh, like, just complete and utter commitment and dedication to... We were talking about all of her education to yeah, really try like and understand... She's done a, reading all the papers, and not just going for but actually understanding what's going on. Well, and equally, in order to ensure that she was understanding what she was reading, she's done a biostats and epi subjects. Yeah. And I just thought, you know, how wow. many... And she talked about, you know, she, she is able to be in a position where she can push back at her editor sometimes and say, if you want me to report this, I'm going to need to sit down and read the whole paper. And I just thought back to some of um, the Twitter storms this year and some of the papers and and some other very well-known papers and how many of our colleagues actually sit down and read the whole paper in depth to understand it all versus just reading the abstract. Um, And there are times where I'm guilty of that as well and we're all time poor, Um, but if you're going to have an opinion on something, and I think this is where it's key, Mm. if you're going to have an opinion on something or apply it to clinical practice or discuss it with patients or discuss it with colleagues, then I think it's um, imperative that we do read the whole paper and endeavour to critically appraise it and understand it and not just accept it as fact because it's there. Um, Well, the criticism of Twitter, people say, oh, you read something on Twitter and then you just decided to incorporate it in your clinical practice, which is clearly not the correct way to do things. But in real life, I mean, how often do you hear someone tell you something in the corridor, especially when you're a registrar, and you would just go, oh, okay, this person's told me that, so it must be truth, off I go. And you haven't actually gone back to check the source. Yeah. And I must say, one thing Twitter has taught me, because the moment you put something on Twitter, people will, um, you know, debate an issue with you. The thing it teaches you is, well, where's your source? Where's your evidence? What is backing up your statement? And Twitter has taught me to be tight like that in a way that my real-life world, you know, hasn't so much. Yeah. Wow, I, I somehow we've gotten from the Dalmatian coast um, and kids on planes um, to some pretty serious stuff, which is like, guess why this is called mad ed stuff and nonsense? Yeah, journalism. Oh yeah, it's goodness. pretty awesome. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm an awe of journalists. Honestly, the things you know, they shine light on things that are unpleasant that, um, you know, people need to know about. Oh, my God. Well, while we're talking about journalists, I completely forgot that in amongst the Ranscog ASM, I finally got to meet Amy Coops from Crokey, who was covering the ASM. Did you actually meet her? Yes, I met her. 
I had drinks and dinner with her as well. Oh, um, wow. And that was super exciting. Oh, we were going. Crack, crack. She did. Crack, crack. She did. She did agree to come on the podcast and then we just didn't seem to be able to make that happen. But maybe she will come on another time remotely. Well, she must have a really fascinating take on where medicine and science meets, you know, media and journalism. We must be very interesting, her take on the matter. Well, I will, uh, we will have to, I'll DM her and see whether or not she can come on and have that discussion. All right. Um, well, uh, it for that bit of the episode, is that correct? Yeah, I reckon we've, I reckon we've killed that. We've killed that. I think, I think we possibly could have been funny. We could have been funnier, but that's okay. Um, I think. Possible? I don't know. I don't think it's possible. I don't, I think we went, I think we went from pretty random and funny to some pretty serious shit. Did you really think that that was the most interesting of the Twitter stuff of the past two weeks? The social, the media thing? That's all I can remember. That's super- you know when we were discussing the topics. That's the thing that springs to mind. Wow. Uh, I mean, the other, th- I mean, the other thing. If we, the other thing, I guess um, now, now you remind me of is the Ranskog gender <laughs> statement. Um, look, I mean, there's a bit of there's been a bit of correspondence about that on the private sort of Facebook groups. I, I mean, I compare it to the Anska statement, which was actually had some substance. And I think the Ranskog one was a little bit like it was present and it was there and it was a statement, but I couldn't really see the meat in it to my eye. Um, in, in, terms of, in, terms of, in terms of the president's address or in terms of the report, have you read the report itself? Yeah, I read the report while I was yeah. listening to the president's address because yeah. I was listening to the tweets. I was, sorry, following the tweets coming out and, yeah. I, was, and I was watching them and then I was looking at the report trying to look for some meat and I couldn't really find any. Yeah, so look, I think... Um, I think that was the tweets were sort of saying, oh, it's somewhere to start. So I guess that's, you know, that's okay. Yeah, look, I think um, <clears throat> I will, you know, reveal my bias and, and what well, my position really, which is that um, I, I'm i very pleased that there has been a report. I'm pleased that it was released and that it was released at um, the ASM because I had some concerns that it might not happen this year. So, and there was a commitment from... Um, the chair of the committee, Gillian Gibson, that that would happen and the president. Um, so I'm really pleased that that commitment um, was kept. Um, I think um, there's still a long way to go. I certainly think that the president, um, Vijay Roach, said all the right things in his president's address. Um, and he also addressed that for many people it would not be enough, but that, mm. that this was the yeah. beginning and it would take time. I, yeah, that's, that's fair too, isn't it? That's yeah, fair. and I now wait to see what happens next and I really yeah. hope that in a year more has happened and that the um, timeline that is in the report um, is um, is what is followed. And so yeah. I think mm-hmm. um, I thought it was kind of interesting that it was released in the same session that um, the president, the current president um, of um, the Royal College of Obstetricians and Gynecologists, Leslie Reagan, um, spoke about um, uh, SDG um, 
uh, five, which is around gender oh. equality and the impact on um, girls and women across the world in regards to health primarily and education and what that really means for so many girls and women in the world um, in terms of lack of access to education, lack of access to basic health care, um, the maternal mortality rates in sub-Saharan Africa, um, you know, it, the list goes on and on and on. And so it was kind of, um, there was, for me, a significant dissonance in that, in those two things happening in the same session. Yeah. And Yes, interesting, you know, interesting. Yeah, at, at, you know, at the annual scientific meeting of a college that is... Um, tasked with the the excellence of care of women in Australia and New Zealand. So I am pleased that this is a discussion that has happened and it's a discussion ongoing and that there is actually a report. Um, and, you know, I, I wait to see that yeah. there's walking um, yeah. of, of the walk. I, um, not just, you just sort of remind me, um, at ANSCRA, I listened to Leona Wilson speak. She's a former president of the anesthetic college she was a president a decade ago and she did make a comment about bringing your members with you i can't remember exactly how she put it but she said as president you kind of can't be too far ahead of your membership because then they'll just cut they'll just cut the whole thing off and sort of disown you so you've got to try and find you just try and find that to strike that balance you know make movement but not so far as to upset people so it's a tricky balance right yeah hmm. yeah um so it's been a little minute